Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hi, everybody. Welcome to our midweek devotion. So glad you've taken the time to join us. And today we are going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And there is a lot of very powerful uh, information discussed in this passage. So we're only going to be able to skim over some of it, but really encourage you, uh, spend some time in Ephesians chapter 2, the entire book of Ephesians for that matter, for there's so much uh, for us to take away. Uh, But let us begin with prayer. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Would you speak to our hearts and transform us uh, through this into the likeness of Jesus. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 1, where it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, love that phrase, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Lots of stuff going on there. But I want to take a moment and kind of launch, if you will, off of verse 10, where it says, For we are God's workmanship. And literally, that talks about his masterpiece, his work of art. And I want to spend, I guess, the majority of this devotion reflecting on that issue, that we are God's workmanship, we are God's masterpiece, we are God's work of art. And I say that because the prominent thinking among a lot of Christians is this sense of embracing the fact that we are miserable, wretched, horrible worms, okay? And yes, we're saved by grace, but there's still this sense that we are wretched, wicked, vile creatures. Now, I understand the intention behind that, and there's certainly a truth to that, in our sinful nature, but now that we're in Christ, everything has changed. 
In fact, if you go to the book of Ephesians and focus on that expression, in Christ, in Christ Jesus, in him, because look at how Paul addresses the Ephesians. I'm just going to go back to chapter 1, verse 3 and start there. Listen for all of the things he says are true. Now, actually, let me go back to verse 1 of chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints, literally to the holy ones who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Now, even there, there's so much to be said in there, but does that sound like Paul saying, hey, you filthy, wretched worms, uh, I've got some things to say for you. Uh, he immediately, out of the gates, talks to them and refers to them as saints, as holy ones, as faithful in Christ Jesus, as ones who are recipients of his love, redeemed through Jesus Christ. It's a very different picture than him saying, you guys are just miserable excuses for human beings. And so I think there's a distinction to be made. Now, I also want to take a moment in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I choose this because 1 Corinthians is written to the Corinthian church that had all kinds of problems. And this is why Paul writes 1 Corinthians. The Corinthian church was pretty messed up. There's a lot of things they were doing really well, but there's a lot of stuff that was really messed up about that church, and he's calling to correct that. But even to this highly dysfunctional church, listen to how Paul begins his letter to this church that's got all kinds of problems that he's going to get into addressing. Chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, verse 2, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I mean, yes, now he's going to go on to say, because that is true, let this be reflective in your behavior, in your speech, in your conduct among one another. Just like in Ephesians, if you look at the book of Ephesians, Chapters 1 through 3 talk about who we are in Christ, what is relationally true, positionally true of us in Christ. 
And then chapters 4, 5, and 6 talk about what then should be true in how we live out of that position in Christ. So both to the Corinthians and to the Ephesians, Paul begins by saying, you are beloved of God, you are saints of God, you are sanctified in Christ Jesus, you are redeemed, you have the forgiveness of sins, and now out of that position in Christ, I encourage you, let that impact how you live your life. Let that be reflective in how you live. Because if we start from the other perspective, if we start from the position of, I am a worthless, filthy, wretched worm of a human being, but Jesus loves me and he saved me, there's going to be the sense of, I need to climb out of this mess, rather than, Jesus pulled you out of the mess, and so now live like someone who's been pulled out of the mess. Don't climb out of the mess to try to earn something or make up for something, but because he's pulled you out of the mess, because he's washed you, because he's made you clean, because he's made you a new person, let that be reflective in how you live. And so this is how he's addressing the Ephesians, of understand who you are in Christ. Understand that you are saints, that you are holy ones, that you have been set apart for God. Understand that you have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Understand that in Christ you have been chosen before the foundation of the world. Understand that in Christ you are holy and blameless before him. Understand that in Christ, in love, you've been predestined for adoption as son or daughter in Christ Jesus. Understand that in Christ you exist to the praise of his glorious grace Understand that in Christ, you have redemption through his blood. You have the forgiveness of your sins. And so let that live out through you. There's a huge distinction that took me years to understand and is taking me years to apply. And that is understanding what is true of us in Christ. Understanding who we are in Christ. And then understanding who we are in Christ and allowing that to be manifest in how we live and how we treat other people. Because if we live our lives thinking like, I need to still somehow work for or earn or strive or maintain my position in Christ, that is going to lend itself to a very rigid legalism. Rather than understanding simply because of Jesus I am welcome at the Father's table. I am a recipient of his love and his grace and his mercy. I've been lavished with grace. I've been given every spiritual blessing in Christ. I have everything I need for life and godliness. I am fully his beloved son. There's nothing left to work for. There's nothing left to strive for because it's all been earned in Christ. Now, we allow that to impact every part of who we are. I've used the illustration uh, if we think about the Holy Spirit coming to indwell us, and now what does it mean to live filled with the Spirit? What does it mean to now allow our position in Christ to transform every part of how we live? It's kind of like when you have somebody over to your house. Typically, when you invite somebody to your house, you give them this welcome of make yourself at home, and we all lie through our teeth. 
because we want them to be comfortable, but we don't really want them to make themselves at home because we don't want them to go take a nap in our bed. We don't want them to go rummaging through our junk drawers. We don't want them rummaging through our medicine cabinet. We don't want them rearranging the furniture. There's all these things that we, if it was their home, they would have the freedom to do, but we're not really granting them that freedom. Does that make sense? We just, we want them to be comfortable. But make yourself at home, eh. See, we do that with Jesus. Jesus comes to indwell us. And the intent of that is, Jesus, make yourself at home. But we don't really mean it. We say, Jesus, I give you access to this part of the house and this part of the house. But here's some spots that are off limits. And I think a lot of that flows out of not understanding who we are in Christ. There's parts of us we're afraid to let go of. There's parts of us that we're afraid of Jesus seeing, even though he sees it all anyway. But surrendering full control and having the freedom. I mean, I know this is getting kind of off track from Ephesians 1, but think about how it would transform our lives and transform our churches if we all fully understood who we are in Christ that we are fully beloved, fully accepted, fully belong in the Father's presence because of Jesus, that in the presence of God, there's no need to wear this mask of pretending that we're something that we're not. What if that took hold in our churches, that we all understood of each other, that in ourselves, in our old nature, yeah, we've all got skeletons in the closet, but in Christ, that's all been cleaned out. That's all been done away with. We, out, we now all have been adopted as children of God. What if we actually operated out of that understanding? What if we operated out of this freedom that we don't need to hide things from each other? But see, why do we feel the need to hide things from each other? Because we know what's going to happen. We're going to be judged. We're going to be criticized. We're going to, you know, all of this stuff. Because none of us fully understand who we are in Christ. We feel like we have to maintain this position so that we can keep our seat at the table. And that's not true with Christ. And it shouldn't be true with each other. You're welcome at the table of my life, not because you earn a place, but because you just are. That in Christ, we all have a welcome place at his table, and so we should all have a welcome place at each other's table. And I will say, almost 25 years as a pastor, I've almost heard it all. And there's been nobody who's confessed something to me that's caused me to say, well, I, I have to distance myself from you now. Because God doesn't treat me that way. It's not because I'm a pastor that I, you know, because I understand that God doesn't treat me that way. So I have no place to treat others that way. And there's still a lot of ways that I need to grow. Man, I would love to see our churches become safe places where you can just be honestly who you are with all of the hurts and the hang-ups and the addictions and the problems because we've all got them to varying degrees. Because of Jesus, we're all welcome at the Father's table. We should all be welcome at one another's table. So all of that to say, I'd encourage you to spend some time in the first three chapters of Ephesians 
because it talks about who you are in Christ. Whether you feel it's true or not, whether you experience it to be true or not, whether you think it's true or not, it all is. And now it comes down to receiving that by faith and allowing that to transform how we live, how we treat ourselves, and how we treat those who are around us. So I pray that something in there at least gave you an invitation to uh, dive into that a little deeper and a little more fully. So let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for who we are in Christ, that we have redemption through your blood, that we are saints of God through Christ Jesus, that in you we, we have every spiritual blessing in Christ, that in you we are adopted as sons and daughters, that in you we have redemption, in you we have forgiveness of our sins. In you, we have a, a welcome place at your table. And I pray that as your followers, we can live from that place. Live from that space of acceptance with you and extend that same grace to those who are around us. Lord, may we live for your glory. And live in and from a place of your lavish grace. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you once again for watching, uh, for watching either live uh, later or either listening by podcast. Anyway, you accessed it. Thank you so much. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Lord willing, we'll see you back here next time for our next devotion. Until then, God bless you.